The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Recently, I was uh, talking with someone who was uh, concerned about how much she was yelling at her kids. And this is someone who's a meditator, um, sincere Dharma practitioner. And, you know, this pattern was pretty strong pattern or tendency. And she was struggling with it in a number of ways. One is that it was hard to, she would just fall into it and uh, it was hard to, you know, stop that from happening in the first place. And then on top of that, she was really just being very hard on herself, really beating herself up about the fact that this was happening. So there was like multiple levels of difficulty or stress or suffering around this. And um, I've I've had many discussions with people around similar topics. Uh, uh, People who either there was some kind of yelling or reactivity around kids more than they want. And also uh, um, in people in adult relationships too that can be challenging. And so I wanted to say a little bit about that. Uh, That may or may not particularly be an issue for you. We're all different. Um, Some of us will be in, uh, we're all different in what our, uh, as a a mindful parenting group, we're all different in what our parenting, our situation as a parent is. You know, some of you may be grandparents, parents have young kids, older ones. Uh, Some of you may be um, single parents or in some kind of partnership or have other adults in your family um, uh, situation. And I bring in the interactions with how we are together as adults as part of, you know, mindful parenting isn't just about how we interact with the kids. It's how we interact with each other. Um, I don't know of any family situation, regardless of what the, the makeup of it is, that doesn't have some amount of difficulty or stress in it. There may be some relationships out there that just never have any. But, uh, well, I, actually, I was going to say I don't know of any, but actually I did meet a couple once and I got to know them over the years a little bit, and, and they seemed like there was just, I mean, no difficulty ever. And I actually asked them, I said, do you guys ever argue at all? And even, it wasn't much for them, but even they said, uh, well, no, it's not like we never do, but not much. But I think for most people, some amount of difficulty is just part of what happens, it, I think, is, you know, as... Seems to me, as human beings try to live together, uh, you know, it just brings its stresses. And hopefully that's not the whole picture, and that's going to vary for all of us, how much uh, stress, and then how that stress might manifest, whether we can deal with it okay, or whether there tend to be more uh, raised voices or whatever. So it's going to, you know, it varies tremendously. Um, so there's one piece about just how, it, how we show up in that way, what it looks like, and the other is, is how we hold it, how we relate to what's happening. Um, so 
so a couple of pieces. First of all, um, so my son, my six-year-old, is a super sweet kid, and he's real sensitive. He's just great. And even with him, you know, sometimes he's a pain. He doesn't do what I want. <laughs> or he's grouchy. Or he's being kind of a jerk or something. You know, it's, you know. And then I was noticing, like, I think, like, I a, have a pretty strong mindfulness practice. I've been meditating a lot of years. I still have a strong daily practice. I think my mindfulness carries through pretty well. Most people who know me would think I'm a pretty equanimous guy have a good, kind, loving heart. And that is true. I'm very loving and kind and equanimous when I'm being loving and kind and equanimous. <laughs> but, you know, if I were to say to you, I've never had any conflict in my marriage or with any of my children, would you believe it? No, it would be highly suspicious, right? So part of that is just part of the mix, Right? and how we work with it. Um, so one of the first, I, there's two main pieces I, I want to bring up. One is that um, for all of us, um, we have what I call our learning edges. It's the places where we do tend to get reactive or some kind of stress or difficulty comes up. It's difficult us to work with, whether it's just something wholly within ourselves or in any situation in our lives. And I like to call them learning edges because it takes away the, the, the judgmentalness about it or making us wrong or saying there's something wrong with us. Because I think by definition, you know, until we're, you know, until we're Buddhas ourselves, whatever that might be. By definition, we all have places where we have some edge, where depending on what's happening, we fall into reactivity or negativity or something. And not only that, but it may be strong enough where we also lose our mindfulness around it. And so the first thing, you know, if you come to a center like this, this is called the Insight Meditation Center. So, uh, this idea of the, the formal meditation, everything we do around here, pretty much, I'm guessing almost everything, or if not literally everything, probably starts with some kind of formal meditation practice. That's what we just did here this evening. Well, what are we doing when we do practices like that? We're training our minds so that we can naturally, more of the time, bring an, an awakeness or an awareness to what's happening so we're not lost in it. My definition about uh, the state of being mindful is a simple definition. It's not being on automatic pilot. And I think everybody can understand it's not a very formal definition, but th that's the best one that I've come up with. It. It's not the practice of mindfulness, but just the state of being mindful. And so when we're lost on automatic pilot, well, all bets are off then, right? And actually... Really, uh, hopefully, we, I, I think we shouldn't worry about that because you can't do anything about that. It's true that during those times we will, you know, we may, depending on what's happening, end up creating a lot of stress or suffering. But you can't, you know, when you're lost and gone and you're not present or awake or mindful in the moment, you don't even know it. So 
you know, we, 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 can't, we just do the best we can. But the important thing is, how do we use our time when we are not on, when we are mindful, when we're not on automatic pilot? So hopefully we can find time to do some formal practices that can strengthen the amount of time, the, the depth and the amount of time when we are mindful and, and aware of what's happening. And I think that happens certainly when we do formal sitting meditation or other whatever it looks like for you. But um, also to acknowledge that for so many of us, uh, there are plenty of people who have formal meditation practice to keep it up pretty well in their daily lives. Lots of people do. But many, many people find it's just hard to do. It's just hard. That's another whole area we won't get into tonight of how people can, can create, create a whole suffering for themselves about you know, how they're not able to meditate and they want to, and it's just hard. So I think we just do acknowledge that we do the best we can around that. We just do our best. But we also don't want to diminish the power of uh, working with just whatever the, the form of our daily life looks like. You know, if we don't have time to close our eyes and sit down and, you know, quote, meditate, how we can carry that through in daily life. That's, that truly, literally is not less than practice. It's not. And I hope you know that. And if not, I just want to really, really encourage you about that. It's using each moment we have the best we can. And that brings tremendous power and fruit. So uh, I just say that because uh, the the first point I I just made about doing the best we can to... uh, do some kind of practices that help deepen our mindfulness, that's, of course, going to be a tremendous support. And it is true that we can be uh, on, we can be naturally mindful and present and know what's happening, so at least have the potential for some choice more and more. So we do the best we can about that. And then in the moment, you get whatever situation you get, and we all know, depending on what's happening, it's not, oh, I should be some way or I shouldn't be some way, other way. It's what's actually happening in the moment. And uh, a lot of that is just the condition patterns of our minds. So, um, you know, if there's something that either your partner, if you're in a relationship with someone, or your child has done over and over for the, you know, I've told you a hundred times, this pisses me off or whatever it is. <laughs> And here it is happening because they're, they've got their own pattern. They're probably not trying to piss you off, I'm guessing. I mean, people can do that too, I understand. But probably aren't trying to do that, right? They're doing the best they can. You're doing the best you can. And so what, and then in the moment, um, depending on h- how our minds are habituated, or we'll say conditioned, we're going to act or react in whatever way that comes up. And so we, you kind of have to take what you get with that. But then the question is, what are we going to do? And that's an interesting place because, again, when we're on automatic pilot, you just react in whatever way according to the condition patterns of your mind. You don't really have any freedom or choice about it. You're just reactive. And it may be fine, or it may be a problem. But it's an interesting place also when we do know what's happening in the, mo- in the moment. 
Sometimes just being aware of what's happening, we can, we still have the feelings, but we might be able to make some choices. So for example, um, I've had situations where something happened, my wife did something and, you know, and like, you know, I can fall into whatever, you know, don't you know that that's, I've told you, and you know, when you do this, I feel this way or whatever, and I can tumble down, and maybe the feeling of it is, the energy of it is, I really want to tell her, I want to, and even though that that's might be a strong pull, I may still uh, oftentimes uh, can just say, okay, wait. Yeah, it does feel like I want to say that. You know what? And I am going to say that. But I'm going to wait. Let myself calm down. I can always, I'm not going to lose the opportunity. I'll come back. This is for adults. I'm going to talk about kids also in a few moments. It's a little different because we may not have the time for the space, right? But for the adults, uh, I may um, say, you know, I'll come back in a bit. And I process. And then so often it just settles out. And I don't feel like I need to say anything. And it avoided conflict in the moment, even though the energy of it in the, in the moment really was quite strong that it felt a certain way. But if we let those energies take us over in how we respond, that may or may not always be the, the best way we would want it to have responded to a situation later when we, when we were calmer. And then maybe when I'm calm, I might not need to say anything, or I might just want to just say, you know, I know I get reactive, or whatever I want to say, you know, but when you do this, this is how it is for me, and I wish, hope, you know, we can just talk. And that's really different than, you know, verbally blasting someone, right? Well, um, hopefully we can do that, have some choice points with our kids, too. Yeah. But... um, I think the place it gets difficult both in interacting with kids and adults is even when the t- for the times when we are present and mindful and awake and we know what's happening. We're not on automatic pilot. If the energy of some situation is very, very strong, it can still pull us even though we know what's happening because it's so strong in the moment. And I think we have to be really respectful of those times and not be so quick to just say, oh, well, you know, I'm just not going to act in this way. Uh, we still have to have an intention and know what, and, and set that intention and, and stick by it. But also, uh, when I say be respectful, to know that when the energy is strong, it can pull us so quickly, uh, right? And I think that's the place that, that can get into trouble. But, um, and so the way that I think of, of practice whether it's, again, formal meditation or just uh, bringing the most skill we can moment to moment in any situation is, it, it, over time, it expands the circle. It widens the range of experiences for which, even if it's strong, we can still be present and make choices and not, whatever, yell or really stay calm. And it's an interesting place. I hope we all know that there's the places like with kids where there might be some frustration and we still can, you know, not yell or just, it doesn't mean there aren't times where we need to be firm or whatever we need to do. One of the downsides I, I noticed for, for my son, um, 
um, he has not had voices raised at him very much, but it's not zero. It's not zero. So what's happened for him is that um, then it's hap- if, when, if it does happen, it's like a shock because, you know, even something that might be minor feels like such a shock. And actually then for me, it feels like it was a betrayal, <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can. So anyway, there's that whole piece of um, just, try, again, um, doing what we can to train ourselves so we can be lost in something less and be mindful and present more. We do the best we can around that. And then I think for the time we are present, knowing what our learning edges are. And hopefully we've all, probably all of us know some of them, but it's, I think that's the thing, a piece I want to explore in just a few minutes. I'm going to end just a few, few minutes here. We can break into some groups. Like, what is our learning edge? And I, I'm not, and I don't mean that is, where is the place where you're bad or wrong or you're a jerk or there's something wrong with you? No. Where's the place where, oh, I know this, is a, this, is an, this can be an edge for me. So we can hold it with more kindness for ourselves. And that's the last piece that I want to bring in, is that through all of this, every one of us are doing the best we can. Right? We're all sincere. You wouldn't come to a center like this, to a group on mindful parenting. I think by definition, the fact that you're here, we're all sincere. We're all trying the best we can. Now, when I say that, I'm imagining that some people's minds might be telling, might be telling you, no, I'm not doing the best I can. So, just a couple of things. First of all, um, uh, if I may humbly <laughs> offer, uh, if that's happening, you may not be the best qualified to judge that about yourself. Because you're not objective. Um, we're certainly all um, experts on the experience of our lives. No question about that. Right? But we may not have the most um, objective, clear view of ourselves, right? Because we, we can just, we, we could sometimes be our own worst enemies. Oh, I'm too much this, or I'm not enough that. Um, so I would just offer that We're all doing the best we can. And, and, in, uh, and in fact, let me, let me say it a couple of different ways and you can get the different feeling. So, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so I'll say it like this. It's like there's sort of a, a good news and a bad news situation. What, what would you like first, good or the, <laughs> or the bad news? I'll give the bad news first. Okay. Bad news is <laughs> you're doing the best you can and it looks like this. Now the good news. You're doing the best you can. It looks like this. You feel the difference? It's much kinder. And it's true. If you could do it better, you would. If you could be less reactive, you'd be less reactive. And so I hope we can hold it with the, with the understanding that we're all heading in a, direct, in a direction towards less negativity, more wisdom, you know, more appropriate 
ways of parenting, you know, because that's what happens as we apply ourselves in, in whatever way we apply ourselves. Those are the qualities that strengthen in us, right? It, it can't be any other way. And so we're all heading in a good direction. We're doing the best we can. And, you know, whatever your reactive patterns are with your kids or your or adult, if, if you're with adult relationships, well, who knows how we got our conditioned patterns? I don't know, but we've got them. Here we are. It is what it is. And I mean, that sounds like a cliche, but then we're doing the best we can. And so if you can keep that attitude... And so this is what one of the things I said, getting back to the first thing I mentioned, where there was a woman who was quite concerned and actually very hard on herself for how much she was yelling at her kids. And she found it a great relief. Hopefully she didn't need me to say that, right? But, but uh, that we can give ourselves a break. And it doesn't mean uh, that we don't want to do the best we can. No. But if we can be more kind to ourselves, actually it kind of takes the pressure cooker off and I think that will actually aid us to be more present in a place that's more open-hearted yeah, in whatever our relationships with kids or, or adults. And so um, what I want to invite us to do is first um, just take a few moments and um, before we break into some groups here, I want to just pose the question for you of just reflect on what are some of your learning edges it may not be clear when I when I uh, state it that way but you know where are the places that tend to be triggering or reactive for you that are more difficult Now you also, if you want to take time to, to, to reflect on the places also that, uh, that work well and smoothly, you know, you can look at the places, ah, when this happens, this is what, what you know, it, it's not a learning edge, I've kind of got that one down, I'm, I'm, you know, that works well, it flows well, that aspect of parenting, if you will, or, you know, being in, in family relationships. But also, what are the areas? I think it's important. Again, it's not not judging in a in a negative way, but of of just what are those places? Like I, I'll just tell you one of mine. <laughs> I could tell you, you know, I, I could just start listing them off, right? Because we all have them. We're all human beings. Right? If I'm trying to get my my six year old to school on time, and <laughs> You know, it's not like a new routine. It's exactly the same every morning, right? And, and we get up in time, so it's not a rush, and I have it all. And, and yet, for whatever it is this day, he's not cooperating. I can't get him to, you know, he knows he's got to brush his teeth. It's simple. He needs to pee, brush his teeth, eat, and get his clothes on. And then, you know, there might be some other things, to, you know. It's not hard. And he's not doing it, and I'm having to, getting frustrated, and I'm telling him even. I'm saying, you know, his name's Ethan. Ethan, I'm feeling frustrated. Of course, saying it with a little bit of a frustrated voice, maybe. And I don't want to get in an argument. And, and still, and then I'm feeling the pressure about school. I would say that's a learning edge for me. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, and then what I was going to invite us to do is, um, let me see how many people there are. One, two, three, four, I was thinking maybe break into groups of three, and then there might be one group of two, and you could, if that's okay, and ask you to take, maybe we could take. I think at least 15 minutes, so people could have maybe five minutes, something like that, 15 minutes. We'll sort of feel it out. I'll come around and check with the group, see how you're doing. And uh, if you want maybe to talk about not only if you feel like sharing, it's up to you, like where your learning edges are, but also like, well, how do we relate to our, having these, uh, to our learning edges? How are we with ourselves? How do we hold all of this? You know, what's challenging, what works well. And, and then perhaps if something comes up, then we can come back at the end in the big group and see if there's anything as a big group. How does that sound? Yeah? Okay. Well, then um, let's do that. And I think maybe we can just find your own groups. Is that okay? And, okay. Why don't you go ahead and do that? And I'll just monitor the time.